Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Damien Christoph and Dr. Brett Hill. Hey Damo, you know I like running. Yeah, I do. You love running. You know sometimes I do it without shoes on because I'm all about natural running. You are. So I've made this e-course to try and make it easier for people, not necessarily to run without any shoes on, but to run more naturally, to make it healthier, easier, more fun. Is that what E stands for in e-course, easy course? I think it's got something to do with the internet, Damo. You know I'm not very technical. <laughs> but, but what I do know is if people want to get the e-course, um, they can actually go to theartofnaturalrunning.com. Hi, this is Brett Hill. And this is Marcus Pierce. And welcome to the Wellness Guys Show, Marcus. Great to have you on board, mate. I know this is not the first time you've been on the show, but it's the first time you've been with me. Yes, I've been with Damo before, but this is a, it is a pleasure and an honor to be on The Wellness Guys, the flagship, the number one, the original <laughs> show on The Wellness Couch. It's always an honor, Bretto. Thanks well, for having me. And it was a ripping interview today, mate. I absolutely loved it, and I know you did too. It could have been a six-part episode know, uh, with Fuad from A Quirky Journey, but uh, Fu's just finished a four-day water fast, and um, he's preparing for a four-day rewilding fast, which absolutely fascinates you, doesn't it, Bretto? Oh, so fascinating. Going out into the wild, staying in, I think he said a six-meter radius circle. It kind of made me think of the movie. What was the movie? Was it uh, Panic Room, I think it was, where they shot the whole movie in one room? <laughs> like, oh, look, just I just think of Survivor. I think of Survivor. That's all. I think of this Lebanese man in the middle of the forest yeah. outside of Coffs Harbour. Yeah. Uh, you know, foraging around. I know. I know. This big crop coming up, just thinking dinner time. Great. Um, so it's an amazing thing that he's doing. And, and what's even better is his reason why he's doing it. So it was just such a fascinating conversation to hear about his reason why and what he thinks he'll get out of it. And, uh, and just, yeah, the, the, not only the physical challenge of it, but definitely the mental and the emotional side of it, which is so fascinating. Yeah, we talk about fears. Uh, he really gets into a really nice, deep and meaningful about what it means to follow your bliss and that connection between fear and bliss. And um, and then he also shares, because curiosity got to you, Bretto, you wanted to know how he went on the fast. Yeah. And uh, and he shared some of his experiences, good, bad and indifferent. Um, it's a wonderful, well, I mean, we're biased. We've just finished the interview. It's a wonderful <laughs> interview, we think. Um, think and great. we've got, you know, Foo's... Coming over to your place in Adelaide. Um, yes, Tuesday, very shortly. Very January shortly. 30. Yeah, can't which wait. Will be, which will be wonderful. Uh, so, Foo's in Adelaide, Jan 30. Then, um, Foo's quirky cooking a colleague and founder, Joe Witten, is joined by Cindy O'Meara, Karen Smith, Kim Morrison from Up for a Chat up in Brisbane for the Wellness Base Camp. You and I are going to be there. Jules Galloway, Audra Starkey. Eight of the Wellness Couch podcasters on uh, Saturday, Feb 24. It's our very first Wellness Couch event for 2018. So if you haven't seen that, if you haven't booked, please do. It will sell out. It's a smaller venue, about 200 mm. people. Uh, all the details are at thewellnessbasecamp.com. Um, and again, it's going to be, I mean, I've spoke, been speaking to Karen Smith, what she'll be speaking about. There'll be some wonderful meditation in there, Bretto. Uh, self-care, Kim Morrison will be talking about the ups and downs of her Yeah, Gosh, she's got some good stories to tell. Um, some of the challenges she faced, how she overcame them. It's going to be a bit of a tearjerker afternoon, I reckon, Bretto. Um, we always are. But also some, we all love a good cry. Time, we all get a bit yeah. teary at the drop of a hat, don't we? Absolutely, but some really <laughs> strong insights. I think from you know, uh, uh, Cindy is just on a warpath with nutrition, like she always is. But you know, in terms of cutting edge information, look no further than Cindy O'Meara, and uh, can't wait to have Cindy there, and um, especially Joe Witten as well, all the way down from far north Queensland. 
There you go. Fortitude Valley. Can't wait, MP. It's going to be very different to last time I was in Fortitude Valley. It'll be very I've entertaining. Been Fortitude Valley? I've been there once. It was an interesting place. You but might tell be, that story. Yeah, I might tell base. that. I might have to tell that story <laughs> at the base camp. That'll be fun. But um, yeah. let's get into this interview, MP. Let's do it. Welcome to the Wellness Guys show, and this is a very special episode of the Wellness Guys show, um, not only because it's the first time I've gotten to host a show with Marcus on the Wellness Guys, welcome to the show, mate, but also because we've got a very special guest, and so we have uh, this time someone who we've been having a bit of bro love with of recent times. Um, I've interviewed him on that paleo show, I know Marcus has spoken to him on the Quirky Cooking show, uh, podcast show as well, also on the Wellness Couch, and uh, they were just such great conversations. We were both just talking about how much we loved it and felt like this was a conversation that had to be shared on the wellness guys, but also a conversation we just wanted to go deeper and deeper into because we felt like there was so much stuff we could talk about. Um, so we've got a very special guest with us today that is Fuad Kassab from Quirky Cooking. Welcome to the show, mate. Hey guys, how's it going? Mate, so good. It's great to have you on board. Like I said, I loved our chat. Uh, you know, we chatted about a whole bunch of things on that paleo show and one of the things you spoke about was the four alienations, which we could talk about a little bit later, but I just thought I'd let you know, it has absolutely stuck with me. Like I've just been thinking about it ever since you told me about it and, uh, and it's just such an amazing concept that just really made me think about everything in my life. So, thank you for that. That was awesome. Oh, that's all right, man. It's, uh, I, I got it from a doctor called Gabor Mate. Nice. And he, uh, yeah, he talks about uh, all sorts of things like we talk about, but from the perspective of depression. Yeah. And when he actually spoke about those four alienations, it put everything in perspective for me because, like, I knew all these things, but having it in a framework like that, you know, it was amazing. So I, f- I feel what you're feeling because <laughs> <laughs> it gave the the same light to to my uh, situation as well. I was like, yeah, that's uh, exactly right. So that's why I talk about it. Yeah, it's brilliant. I love it. Now, mate, we wanted to talk to you a little bit about some of the stuff you've been up to and, and that you're about to get up to because. You're about to do a wilding fast, a, a, a getting out into nature and fasting. Tell us a little bit about what exactly you're doing because it sounds absolutely fascinating. Yeah, so I just finished a four-day water fast in preparation for a four-day wilderness fast that I'm going to be doing in April. I'm going up near Coffs Harbour and I'm going to do this um, crazy thing that all my friends lo- roll their eyes at, when, at when, when they hear me talk about it and uh, I'm going to be in this little circle, I think it's something like six or nine foot in diameter where I have to stay there for four days and four nights on my own with a tarp and some spring water and this is going to be me and nature and water and that's it and I have to sit there and contemplate my life and be in a fasting state for those four days and really, really excited to do it. But I'm doing this uh, water fast that I just did was in preparation for it. And um, it comes from this American Indian tradition. Um, All these traditional cultures around the world have some kind of fasting uh, modality that they uh, put into their system, their their cultural system, uh, to um, use it for spiritual purposes or for coming of age purposes. So they use it in the American Indian uh, culture uh, um, as a vision quest for uh, young men who are turning into adulthood, and they use it um, to, um, as as the young man becomes a man, they go on this fast on their own into the wilderness, and then they come back a man. So that's that's doing. Oh, it's such a cool idea. Like, I am definitely not one of those friends who's rolling their eyes. My eyes are wild with excitement right now. I'm just thinking this sounds like a really cool idea. I know. I've mentioned on the show previously that one of my goals between now and when I die is at some stage, I want to spend six months on a deserted island, you know, just getting away 
in nature, living off the land. I, I just think it would just be the coolest experience. And so I'm totally on board with you with this kind of experience because I think, you know, just pushing your comfort zones, experiencing different stuff, finding out what you're made of is such a cool thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. And it's... Uh it's such a, a big thing for people to go through. And I think if traditional cultures have put so much emphasis on it and we're not doing it, that we might be missing out on something really crucial here in our character development. So that's what I'm interested in. Yeah. So I can't really tell you what I'm going to experience until I experience <laughs> it, but I know it's going to be big. Well, let's talk a bit about those traditional cultures because like you said, they obviously did it for a reason. And I guess we can kind of have um, modern reasons for wanting to do it. But what was their traditional reasons for wanting to do it? What did they see as the benefits people were getting out of doing this? these sort of initiation ceremonies? Uh, so, uh, as far as we know, and they, it could go deeper, and there's some stuff that could be, uh, stuff that you can't even talk about or verbalize, but um, what would happen is, um, let's say now in your world, you're, you've got your TV, you've got your phone, you've got your chocolate, your food, your uh, alcohol, or whatever it is that you, or your friends, and every time something difficult comes up within your internal space, within your emotions, you won't look at it uh, because it's a bit scary or you're angry or you're worried to look at it and you don't want to you, know, you want to sort of look away from it and that's quite normal for us is to look away from the things that make us uh, afraid or sad or uh, feel pain so what they do is they put you in this decontextualized uh, decontextualized space that is right in the middle of nature and you don't have anything there that you can hold on to so after uh, a few days in nature you you're not looking at anything with interest anymore because you've seen it and you can't do anything because you're in that circle. So you, all you have uh, is to face yourself. So then you start doing the inner work. You start looking at all these emotions as they start surfacing within you. All these old ideas, old habits, old habitual patterns of behavior. Um, and when they start surfacing, you can't look away from them because there's nothing that's going to engage you otherwise. You're not, you're not going to go through your Instagram feed when that comes, you know. And then at that point, you're going to, when you face them, you um, facing them means you consciously look at them. And when you consciously look at something, you'll be able, able to um, see what kind of pattern it has in your life, what kind of power it has over you, the way that it dictates your behavior, the way it dictates the way that you talk to people or talk towards yourself, to yourself or all sorts of things um, that you do in your life are based on these programmed behaviors. And then you, you get to cleanse out the ones that are not serving you and serving others. So in a way, you know, it's like pruning a tree. So you can get rid of all, all the old branches to make room for the new growth. And at that point, the tree starts flourishing. And that's what we want to do with ourselves. We want to put ourselves in that kind of situation where all these uh, difficult parts of us that are really ready to be let go of, but we haven't faced them, are faced and then let go of. And that's the idea behind it. And there's also the, the uh, logically, and then they drop off like a dead branch, and then it promotes new growth in you. And then you have a better direction, and uh, you feel more alive and more in tune with yourself. So that's the general idea. It's fabulous to hear you talk about this with such honesty and enthusiasm. But I think what a lot of people want to know, well, I want to know, and this is with any personal growth activity you undertake, um, just tell me that you're scared. Because I think a lot of people think that this is meant to be, you know, don't do it if it's, you know, if it, you know, it should be easy. And I mean, you you got to be packing yourself a little bit about what what what's going to, you know, come up in ninety six hours of 
isolation, which Brett says he wants six six months of. But you're clearly doing this as a challenge because, like you said, you have a primal fear of the dark, um, amongst other things, and the uh, incredible insects that we have in this country. But um, one, you've just said that you're scared. So then it's like, okay, you're running into the fire or running through the storm, as we say, instead of running yeah. away from it. Um, why now? Well... First of all, what's wrong with being scared? What's that? Why is that a problem? You know, like this is something that uh, we, we've been taught that being scared is going to be a big thing that we should live a life that's not scary. I mean, getting scary is just growth. And like if you if you don't get scared and you don't do anything new, you don't go on adventure, you don't experience anything out of the ordinary and you just have an ordinary life. Whereas for me, I've known from very young age that if I do what scares me, that some amazing thing is going to come out from the other side. And that's always been the case for me. I've always done what scared me. And it was really interesting when I started reading the works of uh, Joseph Campbell. He mentioned, uh, he had two, two uh, words of describing how a human being should live their life. One of them, not two words, two ways, two phrases. One of them is follow your bliss. You probably see that on all sorts of quotes all around Instagram, people going follow your bliss, follow your bliss. And the other one of him saying the same thing is do what scares you. And I think fear, <laughs> as, it, as it comes to you, it presents itself in this kind of energetic form of fear but then you have to really look under it see what's going on and then you have to make a move from there uh, with wisdom and courage because it fosters that inner muscle and then it allows you to be able to be in, in control of your life you can direct your life and not be steered by fear so this is why I do it and why now it's because the calling got stronger for me so as I've um, become healthier and I've started to deepen into this world and be able to talk to people about it I, I found that there are aspects of myself that I wanted to explore and I've had this on my mind tried to book it for April last year and I didn't get the courage to do it and then I decided to do it for October last year and then they didn't ha I was going to Lebanon actually and they said the only time was to do it this April or October so I've delayed the whole year to come here and uh, so yeah it's taken a while but and I'm and I'm definitely uh, worried about it I'm um, trying to make everything in, uh, that, that's possible, do anything that's possible to prepare me for it. So I'm going to try to do a one-night sleep in the wilderness with nothing somewhere local so that I can actually experience <laughs> that for one night. You know, all these things that I, I can do to prepare. And man, with everything, like even now the four-day fast, a lot of joy came out of it and having come through it and a lot of inner strength has been built from that experience. And it wasn't easy and it was scary and there was a lot of difficulties and a lot of difficulties for my family, but I made it and I feel amazing. And I know it's going to give me energy for this year to do some amazing things. I love it. I think it's so cool. Like everything you're saying about this is just pushing my buttons for it. I, I want to join you. I really do. I, I think Steph's going away next week. I might just spend one night sleeping out in the paddock out in the, you know, out the back somewhere just because I'm so excited about it. But what I love about this is I just love this concept of just confronting these fears head on. And, you know, I think for a lot of people, you know, confronting the idea of being out in the wild and confronting the idea of maybe not having your creature comforts and of, like you said, snakes and whatever you're worried about, you know, that's scary. But, but I think for a lot of people, what's even scarier is is what you mentioned before is confronting your own internal demons and your own, um, you know, perhaps what are perceived as negative sides of your personality and, and really just confronting that head on and discovering who you are and what you really are without all that other stuff to distract you and trying to work your way through that. And 
I just think that is the probably the most bravest thing you could do is is having <laughs> nothing else to distract you from that um, is probably. But it's so important. I think what you said before was perfect. You, know, you talked about this This concept people have is either you need to follow your bliss and just do whatever's easy or you need to take it head on and, and you know, feel the fear and do it anyway. And I think – I know for me personally, I often get stuck between those two ideas. Um, I'd love you to talk about how you merge the two of those together, like how they fit as one philosophy because you sort of mentioned that before, but I just want to know more about it. Yeah, so um, let, let me see. I think um – what what happens to uh, human beings is they live in, in their mind. So the mind is the the part of us that tells us how to live our life. And this is uh, pretty much the way civilized people do. Uh, Carl Jung visited the American Indians uh, at one point and he was talking to them about how they live their life. And they were very confused about how the white man lives. And they said to him, they keep thinking. They always want stuff. They keep thinking about stuff. What do they want? What do they keep thinking about? And they keep thinking with their mind. They say they think with their mind. And he goes, well, how do you think? And they pointed to their heart. And this is um, a very different way of perceiving the world. You perceive your, your, your world through the emotion, through your heart center. The, the uh, indigenous Australians, they call the mind a tangled fishnet. That's the, their word for it. And the way that they, they live is they live from their gut up to their heart, up to their mind. So they have a gut feeling, which then they feel it out emotionally through their heart center. And then it goes to the mind if it needs to be rationalized there. And that's how they perceive the world. We only perceive through the one layer of the mind. So the idea here is to trust the rest of you, the other parts of you that can perceive and interact with the world, your gut and your heart. And from there, you can start following what life tells you to follow. So you, you follow your life through your instinct, through your emotion, through your ability to perceive through your heart center. So then this idea of bliss being separate to fear actually falls away because it's only the mind that separates the two. Only the mind tells you that bliss is comfort and fear is something to avoid. The, the body and the heart and the gut know different. They, they know that actually there's a lot of wisdom to be gained by, by merging the two together and, and having them, you know, be, be the place that move you, fear and bliss, all, all in one place. You know, don't separate experiences, don't apply any morality to them, don't, like, don't say that this one's better than the other because life's going to throw everything at you. And if you're going to start picking and choosing, you're not going to have a good life. You're going to have to accept what comes at you, you know, and that's, that's the way I try to live is I accept whatever comes, whether it's perceived to be good or bad, I have to roll with it. And I roll with it from the same place of like my, my emotions and my mind and my gut, they all interact with, with my life in that way. So I try to live out of that place. My, my holistic being lives from that place. And for it, is that what I guess these kind of extreme sports people talk about? Like you hear them talking about how they go and do these crazy base jumps and whatever those things are where they spread out their wings and fly down the sides of mountains and whatever. And they talk about finding their flow and getting in the zone and, and how, you know, it's for this incredible sense of, you know, presence of mind and well-being and all those sort of things when they put themselves in those crazy situations. Is that kind of what we're talking about? Like the ability to be in kind of fear and bliss at the same time? Yeah, I, I don't know what they experience because obviously I'm not a prime athlete who's doing these kinds of extreme sports. I think what, they, what they're talking about here is some kind of enforced way of this happening. It's like the body has a mechanism to actually put itself in flow when, the, when an extreme uh, situation requires it. So then they go through these extreme situations and they uh, hack their own 
way of being into flowing. So every everything, every part of themselves then feels connected to everything else. So let's say they're riding this massive wave, then they feel connected to the entire ocean and every movement in the in the entire world is concentrated in them and they feel that. And it's an exhilarating feeling of fear and joy and everything comes to it in that place. This is a, a sort of a peak experience of being. I'm not talking about that. I'm more talking about um, like a day-to-day kind of thing. Like how do you live like that day-to-day? Um, and people feel like if they're going to live in flow, that they're going to live in that kind of peak experience. It's not true. You don't live in these kind of like, you're not going, oh my God, everything's amazing all the time. No, it's just sort of more like a, a simpler, peaceful way of being. So, um, you know, from there, you just get get into your life and then you, you move um, by, by these emotions. But then when you're faced with these things like fear, you have a little bit more of a, an ability to stand back and just examine what's going on inside you, examine the the energy of the fear, you know, like how it feels in your body, how it feels in your mind, what what voices are uh, are saying to you, you know, what your mind's voice is saying, like you're gonna fall, you're gonna break break your neck, you're gonna die, you're gonna embarrass yourself, whatever it is, then you get to know the voice of the energy of fear, and then when you get to know it, then when it visits you. And it's not appropriate. You understand that that's the energy that that's coming to you at the at a wrong time of day, and then you can dismiss it. You can say this is just habitual fear. I don't need to live out of that. I know what I'm doing. I'm comfortable with my my own self, and I can live um, with more courage. And that's how you know the aim of of my life is to foster more of that. That's one of the aims. You say some wonderful things in there about peak experiences, Fuad, and I think. Um, with social media these days, we are watching everyone's peak experiences on our newsfeed, and I think a lot of people then feel that their day-to-day that you were talking about, they feel that their day-to-day is so low because all many people see on social media is other people's peak experiences, whether it's their travels here or their victories there or they kicked butt in the kitchen there or they've just had a baby or they've you know, whatever it is. And um, I think you've made a really good point. It's something that I, I am a little bit obsessed about when Damo and I run our trip in Ikaria. We always find that the people there live such simple lives. And I, I mention it because my view is that all of the cultures around the world, ancestral, the ones still going today that are humming along, are those that enjoy their day-to-day life. They're not on the constant lookout for peak experience they're not trying to create one every single day as you say because it's not sustainable but i feel like in this social media driven world so many people feel bad if they're not creating this volatile daily massive up experience how did you come to a point where you really owned that as a you know you stopped chasing these peak experiences and you just let them happen because really we know that you're uh, four-day rewilding um, fast, that will be a peak experience. So you've consciously chosen that. I think if we go on a holiday, we hope that will be a peak experience. But how did you get to a point where you, I suppose, stopped looking to create it? Well, I think the, the four-day thing would definitely be uh, quite difficult and demanding, but what I'm looking forward to is the aftermath more than anything. Like, It's not like I want to take a photo of myself there and put it on Instagram and say, hey, look at me. You know, like It's it's more about the, the thing that will happen after. But I, I believe, and it still, like, even still happens in me when I'm seeing uh, you know some amazing things that people are doing, um, it's, I see... Uh, part of me that wants to be doing what they're doing 
but it's easy to let go of it because here let, let me tell you how um what, what i feel about this we we're living in this kind of from a place of deficit within ourselves we feel like we're deficient in some way and then every time something comes out that makes our life look small or unexciting then it's going to be a, a problem it's going to be a, a problem for us we're going to crave whatever the other person's craving and my my idea is to get in touch with uh, all aspects of yourself that make you whole so that these things don't trouble you at all that's not the aim for it the aim is actually to find yourself but um uh, brett you and i were talking about um uh, this in the in that paleo show about the uh four alienations do you want me to get into that or is that too long for it no i, I reckon absolutely get into it it was so good it is absolutely stuck with me since we spoke about it. i said to you off air i've been thinking about it all day, every day since you said it. So, I'd love you to share it with people. Yeah, Before no you worries. do though, Fu, um, because yeah. I know we are limited for time on the podcast, is this something that you will be sharing with people in Adelaide? Because I know Brett can't stop thinking about it since you shared it with him. Is this the type of content you'll be sharing um, to the wonderful people of Adelaide? Yeah, it is actually. Yeah. So, do you want me to skip it and then give it to the no, good don't people? Skip it. <laughs> obviously know that uh, everyone listening that will come yeah. to Adelaide knows that you'll get the in-depth thorough version. Yeah, and the, the hopefully, hopefully it gets, hopefully it gets covered a little bit at the wellness base camp in Kiama too. That'd be great. Yeah, oh, definitely, man. definitely. I mean, this is this is the stuff that sort of really drives me. So I love talking about it because I find that it really resonates with truth with most people, and it resonates with them at different levels. So I'll talk, I'll get into it. Um, so. Um, there are these uh, four alienations that I speak of, and one of them is the alienation to nature. And nature is um, where um, we've come from. It is our home, our original place. But we've built all these cities and these walls, and we live in suburbs, and we have streets and streetlights and all these things, and we're alienated from nature. So we we have alienated ourselves from our own home, and that creates the original wound in our society, which then makes it behave in a very difficult way. Like they, we start chopping down trees, and we start over-consuming and polluting and doing all sorts of things. Then um, a person who's born in that kind of place, who's actually alienated from their home, is also alienated from them, themselves. They don't know who they are because the society is lost. Because as a societal malaise or societal disease who doesn't belong to where they actually live, you can't grow up knowing who you are. And therefore, you don't know who the others are as well. So you have an alienation from other people. And when you're alienated from yourself and others and nature, then, of course, you're going to be alienated from your purpose. So you don't know what you're here to do. You, don't, you haven't discovered your voice. You haven't discovered what you've come to talk about in this world and what to bring to the world, what gifts you're going to bring. So... These four alienations are at, at the root of the issues that we, we have here in this world. So imagine, for instance, a person who is born into this world is going to become a, uh, the CEO of a genetically modified uh, grain company who is going to put uh, profit over ethics and sustainability. And he's going to go for greed and money and uh, profits for the next quarter. And he's going to spray pesticides on seeds and um, sell it to people and... Uh, enslave you know uh, foreign workers and make them work for pennies and then as we eat 
the result of this and the water that's polluted and the grains that are pesticide ridden and all these things, the child that's born into that world is going to grow up with some kind of uh, disease. So it could be um, depression, it could be anxiety, it could be autoimmune, it could be obesity, acne, it could be cancer later on. It'll manifest itself in many, many different ways, but at the core of it is these for alienations and what we we start to do is we start identifying them in in ourselves and we start healing those alienations so we start opening up ourselves back to nature and we reestablish the connection with it and we understand our place in the natural world and then we start asking the really difficult questions about ourselves and uh, who are we really and what are we here to do so you reestablish this uh, connection with uh, self and purpose and then you also open up to the people around you and you start trying to heal the society and the community that you live in and to steer them back in a place where you know their hearts and their souls and their bodies are going to heal and when we start working in that way all of us start working in that way then we see a massive shift in the way that society is structured because we no longer can tolerate the practices that are being done at the moment that are so unsustainable and we know it we, we're, we're right at the edge of it and we need to change it now so what do we do we don't change the world we change ourselves we heal ourselves and then from that we start healing the others after we've come to a place of health within ourselves I love it, Foo. It's so good. So just, I mean, we rushed you a bit there, but obviously you're going to go into this in more detail, like we said, when you come to Adelaide and when you come to the Wellness Base Camp, and it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. Uh, but for those who missed the four alienations, I'm just going to recap them just succinctly so everyone sees. So it was alienation from nature. It was alienation from yourself. It was alienation from others. And then it was also alienation from your purpose. So have a think about those. And then when you come to Adelaide and come along to the Wellness Base Camps, which of course, Mark, is wellnessbasecamp.com. Everyone can find out everything about those. You will get to find out heaps more about it as well. But before we go, Foo, because we are almost out of time, I just want to quickly have you tell us a little bit about this fast that you did because you haven't done your, your outdoors fast yet, but you have done a four-day water fast. So people are going to be wanting to know, how did that go? How hard was it? And what did you what did you notice when you were doing it? And what did you experience afterwards? Well, Fu, before you uh-huh. answer, I'm just going to tell all the wellness guys, listeners, because it's a bit of wellness couch cross promotion here. Fu has uh, shared for about 45 minutes his incredible fasting experiences over at the A Quirky Journey podcast, um, which I was lucky enough to chat with Fu on as well, Bredo. So if uh, if Fu leaves everyone nice. hanging for more at the end of this answer. Head on over to a quirky journey on thewellnesscouch.com and have a listen to the latest episode there too. Yeah, I've, I've uh, definitely listened to that one. We'll get to it in great detail. But here I'll tell you briefly, it was uh, quite a demanding experience. I found a lot of fatigue uh, during the experience. I had to sleep a lot. I, I had zero hunger throughout until unless I actually was face-to-face with food or I smelled some amazing stuff cooking. Uh, my wife was sauteing onions and I could smell heaven. You know, I, I, I said to my wife, I think that's what heaven smells like, <laughs> like sauteed onions. And um, Joe would send me photos of, <clears throat> of food, excuse me, <clears throat> excuse me. And um, yeah, and then from there, uh, I'd be just looking at that photo, wanting to eat it. So that was a big problem. But what happened was uh, a decrease in inflammation was very, very tangible, and a re- reduction in bodily pain, more flexibility, wound healing, weight loss. 
And since then, mental clarity, energy, the ability to articulate better, uh, all these things are coming to me. And of course, we know that we go through a pro process called uh, autophagy, where the body just gets, gets rid of cellular debris and um, it gets rid of all these weak parts of it. Uh, it increases human growth hormone and testosterone, uh, improves the immune system. All these things are, are actually something that I'm feeling now. And I look at myself and, and I look like two years younger after this. And it's only taken four days of just drinking beautiful spring water and resting. And I feel amazing. So um, it wasn't as a, a spiritual or emotional roller coaster as uh, websites or um, you know books would have you uh, think it wasn't like that at all it was very very um, normal everything was normal but I the physical aspect was demanding and challenging and it was something that I will continue to do for the rest of my life because I found it so beneficial it was just incredible Thank you so much for coming on today, Fu. We are out of time. I feel like you've left a couple of teasers there. The people are definitely <laughs> going to want to go find out more about. So, for everyone, make sure you get along to Adelaide and come see us. You'll find all the details for that on the Wellness Guys Facebook page. So, head along there and check out the links. Um, make sure you get along to the Wellness Base Camp. Uh, Fu is going to come and speak in Kiama. And we've got an amazing lineup of speakers coming also to Brisbane and very excitingly to my hometown in Adelaide. So go there for thewellnessbasecamp.com. Um, obviously, head to thewellnesscouch.com to find out all the other podcasts um, and give us a five-star rating on iTunes when you head there as well. So thank you so much, everyone, for joining us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this week's episode of The Wellness Guy Show. We hope you love the new feel. Remember to continue to interact with us and tell us what you thought of this and other episodes. Please head to facebook.com forward slash thewellnessguys and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. This is the way that we get to share our message with the world. For more information about Bredo and all that he's up to, please head to drbredhill.com.au and to find out more about me, head to damienchristoff.com. Until we meet again, continue to bring wellness into your life and we'll join you next time on The Wellness Guy Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.